1: Hey there, and welcome to this episode of the Home Studio Hangout Podcast. Today's a fun one. Me and Josh had a random call, and we just decided, hey, let's hit record, throw this on the, on a podcast episode. This one's uh, talking about rates, talking about being comfortable um, asking for money for what you do, and being confident in your rates and what you are charging um, as a songwriter, producer, mixer, Anything that you do in this industry, being confident is key and being self assured is key in this. We had a good conversation, so let's check
0: it out. Welcome back to the Home Studio Hangout with your host, Joshua, and also Drew. And that's me. That's Drew. I'm Josh. Ugh. This is our very first off-the-top, no-planning podcast episode. How do you feel, Drew? Are you excited? I am excited,
1: mainly because we have a bunch of other episodes that are actually planned, like, you know, normal people. But we were yeah. just talking about stuff last night, actually. and we were Literally,
0: like, Drew gave me a call, and I was like, Hey, do you just want to, like, talk about this in podcast form? He's like, yeah. So that's cool. what we're doing. Yeah. Because I got a lot to say.
1: So, what we're, what are we talking to about say. today, Josh? We're talking about rates. Yeah. Yeah. And like being appropriate and raising them and lowering them depending on situational things and a bunch of other aspects.
0: Should be fun. Yeah, man. So. Where should we start? Should we start from the beginning then? Yeah, let's. Should we just talk about to, positioning, or should yeah, we just let's just talk kind of about talk like, about
1: some. Uh, yeah, general positioning. Um, let's talk about. Yeah, all right, general positioning. I got, positioning it. I got and, it. Like, Yeah, yeah. I'm out here. I'm about, ready. I'm you got, ready. You got this. You this can cut that. You baby, you can
0: cut this out. You could leave it in. It's off top. You. Got We're on it. sway in the morning. <laughs> so, Drew gave me a call. He said, hey man, so I just closed this project and we were talking about his rate. And we were talking about how he is currently raising his rates as am I, me, your boy, or raising rates or making that money. And so I think it's super, super easy to not only undervalue yourself whenever you're in this industry, but it's also really, really easy to be comfortable with undervaluing yourself huh. and never actually charging what you're worth
1: and questioning S- your worth constantly. Basically S- that's, that's, dude. that's, that's what I do every single day with like having to like, you know, say, Hey, give me X amount of dollars for a project. You know, you start getting into the multiple thousands of
0: dollars into projects and you're like, Stressful. So, I never <laughs> had that issue because I worked in the car business. So, yeah. I, I graduated high school. I worked at Guitar Center for a few months. And this kid I knew, he was like – so, this is weird. When I was in high school, I worked at Best Buy, and I worked with this kid. He came into mm-hmm. Guitar Center, like, two years later, right? And he's like, hey, man, this car dealer's hiring. Worst place I've ever worked, but I went ahead and I worked there. <laughs> and so – from there, I was like, you know what? This place sucks. I kind of want to go do like sales or BDC. And so I went ahead and I started doing internet sales. What is, is BDC? BDC? It says for Business Development Center. So it's those guys who call you. Think of like your Sweetwater reps, but for car dealers. And they aren't nearly as nice, except for me. I'm very nice. Hmm. And um, so while I was doing that, I learned a lot about how to talk to people. Because whenever you're standing... Face to face with somebody, it's a little bit easier to get your point across because they pick up on how you um, how you like your, your body language. That's the word. Of, that's the phrase yeah. I'm looking for. They pick up on your body language, how you're sitting, how you're looking at them, how much eye contact you're making, those sorts of things. They make a huge difference. Well, whenever you're doing this, we aren't FaceTiming every customer. We're calling them on their phone. Um, so you learn a lot about how words work and um how to like present these things so the whole point of my job was internet leads would come in i would call them back as soon as they came in and i would say hey this is josh from we'll say barrel toyota shout out to joe hey this is josh calling from barrel toyota over in uh cranberry that's where it was and i'd say just wanted to reach out i saw that you were interested in this 2017 Toyota RAV4. Uh, Just wanted to let you know it's still available. What time today were you planning on stopping in to take a closer look at it? That's what I would do every single time. And the reason why I would say it like that is because these people are reaching out for two reasons. They're either going to be reaching out just to see if the car is still there or they're going to be reaching out because they want a better price. So what I did is I would ignore the price if I called them up and I said hey just wanted to get an idea of uh you know what you're trying to do nine out of ten times they'd be like oh yeah well you know I'm trying to trying to get a great deal what can you offer me and now I'm stuck right because they just offered me that and then I have to go oh well there's actually no discounts (laughs) and they'd be like oh great I'm gonna go shop elsewhere I'm like all right cool whatever even though our pricing was sick. And so um it actually wasn't. We were actually one of the higher dealers in the area, but we did the best because of how we treated people. Yeah. Because people value their time and their mental health a lot more than they value money. So if you make things if you make customers feel understood and if you make sure that you're speaking their language, you're going to you're going to make some money. And I saw hey. this firsthand. The dealer I worked at before barrel toyota we would call them up and we'd say hey the car is still available by the way if you book your vip appointment which is a little salesy i hate the term vip appointment yeah. because it, it sure it sounds exclusive but like everybody says it now well it's it, everywhere yeah like you could go to any car dealer exclusive. site and most of them will be like book your vip appointment so like obviously like that doesn't work anymore you have to always be adapting and um so you would call them up you say hey we're offering $500. If you book your VIP appointment, well, guess what? We would take $500 off and we would end up selling the car at $500 under invoice. And we wouldn't make any money besides backend on it. While at Barrel, we were pricing all of our cars. Oh, I probably can't say that. I don't want to put that in, out into the world because I know that they still do it. Regardless, they price their cars more than the other dealer. I won't get into the specifics. Yeah. And I wouldn't offer them a $500 discount whenever I called them up. This meant that everybody, like I was just ignoring price. And how I would pitch this is, you know, a lot of times people would be like, well, you know, I'm at work until five. I can't be there until probably like six o'clock at the earliest. You know, how long am I going to be there? I would simply say, oh, well, just so you know, we do things a bit differently here. We, we ensure that our customers get in and out within two hours, And the important part of that whole part is it was true. We would be able to get customers in and out in two hours if they end up settling on the first car that they come in to look at. Mm -hmm. We could do it, and a lot of dealers can't. So because we were in a market where people valued their time and their sanity more than their money, and they would get this call saying hey you know i i don't even like like i don't even like shopping for cars my car i bought whenever i worked at a car dealer and i hit up the fleet manager and i was like hey man uh just give me pricing and then i bought the car because i hate (laughs) buying cars and that's how that's the story of how your boy drives a ford (laughs) i would never buy a ford (laughs) and and it, it that's really how people work especially in like 2020 Mm -hmm. nobody wants to sit around no one wants to go the long way there's so many websites that take me forever to find what i want and i end up giving up and the whole time i'm just thinking why couldn't they make this easier do they not want to make a sale Mm -hmm. so so let's parallel this let's parallel this i am yep i am so uh, what i'm getting at is Whenever you are talking to people, whether you're selling cars, whether you're selling burgers, whether whether you're selling a song, people all think the exact same way. And what you have to ensure is that whenever you're talking to people, you're speaking their language, essentially. No band guy in their right mind would hire somebody who has a di- has a website that's difficult to navigate they're never going to work with somebody who's gonna you know take up a ton of their time mm-hmm. and they're not going to work with somebody who is basically giving them the used car sales pitch well you know if you hire me today you know i'll be able to do this rate nobody's ever going to do that and that's a great way yeah. to kind of like ruin your reputation right mm-hmm. yeah for <laughs> so sure. the imp- how how you can successfully make sure that people say yes to your projects is by following those three simple rules. They want to, they value their time and their sanity. They want, they, they, at the end of the day, nobody actually cares about price if they want something bad enough. And that was the one factor that was left out of the car. Sales process, Mm -hmm. because by the time I got those inquiries, they were already sold on the car. Especially when I was selling Toyotas, because people are like lifelong Toyota fans, right? Mm -hmm. Whenever it comes to you, if you have a ton of credibility, then that's pretty easy, actually, because they're Mm -hmm. already sold on you as soon as they reach out to you, right? Because you did their favorite band's record, yeah. You know, where their friend just couldn't speak highly enough of you, but if you're new to these people. Then you have to figure out how you could build that value to ensure that they are sold on you before they even reach out, which is why a website is super, super important.
1: For sure. Well, let's talk about for those that are either newer to this or something like that. Let's talk about, you know, obviously you spoke about taking yourself pretty seriously whenever we were at the beginning of this, let's talk about some positioning as far as getting started positioning. Yeah. Um, So
0: I think that whenever a lot of people start out and I even did this a few times, despite my background in sales, it wasn't until it clicked that, Oh yeah, what I'm doing is the same exact thing as before that this started changing for me. mm -hmm. But what a lot of people do is that they'll send out this low quote to a pretty unqualified customer and then the customer naturally because you have to understand people are programmed to negotiate on these sorts of things because they were, they grew up with their parents, their friends, their grandparents, whoever telling them, Hey, these people are out to get you and -hmm. they want your money (laughs) and that's it. And a lot of times if somebody isn't super qualified, they're going to, they're going to reach out to you. And if you don't have a ton of experience they're 100% going to try to negotiate. And my way of battling that is positioning. So whenever somebody reaches out to me, I talk to them for a bit and I make sure that, you know, like we're having a good conversation because I never want to just like, if somebody's reaching out to me about the work I do, there's there's a good chance that they might not want to hire me. They might just have questions. They might just mm-hmm. want to say, hey man, like good job. You know, like you're, yeah. you're killing it. Or just you know? like, Chat
1: because just because people like to talk about music and stuff a lot. Exactly,
0: you know how music guys are. We all like to talk. Yeah. So what um what I do? I have the conversation. If they say, "Hey man, you know, I'd really like you to work on stuff." Then I, what I do is I say, "Hey, why don't you head over to my website and just fill out a super quick contact form?" I am awful at getting back to people in my DMs, and I just want to make sure that I don't lose track of you. We'll set up a call to talk about this that way that there's no misunderstanding and I can make sure that I'm a good fit for the project. And I send them a link to my website. They fill out my contact form. Now, mind you, I don't just send them the contact form. I have them go through my website. So now they get even more information about me, the parts that I want to show people. And they see all that. And then they fill out my form. Automatically they get sent a link to schedule a call with me. And then on the phone, I basically have a really long version of that phone call that I made when I was selling cars. That's really all little, it is. And a, and a little Except, and a little
1: less direct. Huh? And a little slightly less direct. Because you gotta figure out a lot more about their situation as far as when we say qualifying leads or for those that may not understand what we're talking about with that, we're we're saying does this person, does this project fit with you where you're at and with and for what you do right now
0: and more importantly do they care and well yeah that, that it might mean, sound like a good that, project but the longer once you start digging into it you might be really stoked on this project but then you realize these people aren't that committed and yeah. you're gonna waste a lot of time on this project
1: well um, and they're probably gonna have a lot more they're gonna generally people that care less are Weirder about certain aspects of processes, or are weirder about certain prices or anything like that, too. Like, they're not going to be ready to drop a thousand dollars working on a song, you know, if they're not committed.
0: Exactly. So. And so, um, yeah, like I said, it's essentially the same exact phone call, except with a huge qualifying process before it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, on that phone call, Uh, always start off with some small talk I then get an idea what they're looking for how I can help them and what you really want to do is just ensure that you're going to make the best use of their time you're going to keep it as easy as possible and that's really all you have to do for people to say yes. At yeah. the end of the day, that's that's why people buy things. Because it saves them money, time, and peace of mind. Those are the three reasons why people buy things.
1: Well, and also at this point in the process, they've reached out to you. You've already had a conversation. They've had to go- click on the link and go through your website and fill out your contact form. So by the time you're actually having this part of the conversation, they are... N- probably 75 percent of the way they're in their mind
0: yeah exactly and then what i do from there is it's super super important that whenever you're um getting to the point where it's time to talk about numbers you always um have to basically state hey, you know, my time is super limited. However, this project is something I really like to work on. My rate is going to be, you know, $1,000 or whatever it is. And then you just don't say anything. And they actually told me that uh, in sales training at one of the dealers I worked at. Whenever you would sit down and you would give a customer their prices like face-to-face. And I was like, and then you don't say anything? That's stupid. And they're like, (laughs) No, like seriously, you you don't say anything. You say, all right, it's going to be $350 a month.
1: And that's it.
0: And then it makes them want to say something because silence is awkward. (laughs) Silence is really awkward. And it's a really great way to, you know, we're we're not like, this is not a high pressure sales environment. But if you want to get an honest answer out of somebody, make them uncomfortable. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And not speaking is a great way to make somebody uncomfortable because if somebody does it to me, I'm either going to be like, "Are you still there?" or I'm going to yeah. be like, "Yeah, man. Uh cool. Cool. Yeah, I could do that right now." Or I'll say, "Yeah, no. No, 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 no. No, no, no." <laughs> but because you're saying but um but because you're saying my time is extremely limited, I'm working on X, Y, and Z. I do have time for this and I think that we're a great fit. They aren't going to be like, well, can can you do it for half? They're not because you already showed them. This is why I price the way I do. Mm -hmm. I something that blew my mind was whenever, um, yeah, whenever I started working at Barrel. Actually, we didn't negotiate on used car prices, and like for our listeners, like they're like, if you bought a car somewhere, every area is different. Pittsburgh was a very like um like dense and uh competitive area oh, i gotcha. for yeah. car sales and um like negotiation was still a thing there there was like one dealer well it was one brand that had a bunch of dealers it was like we do no haggle pricing and that was about it But we would start doing that. And do you know how we would tell people that we aren't going to negotiate? We say, hey, we use a system called V-Auto. It uses real-time sales and auction data to ensure that we have the lowest price within 300 miles. And we'd be more than happy to sit you down and show you why the vehicle is priced the way it is when you get here. And then they set their appointment. And then they buy the car at the price it's listed at. (laughs) And... Because you're presenting
1: them with facts generally.
0: Right. And and what's important about that is I introduced that idea early. So whenever the salesperson says it, they aren't going to be like, oh, I want to speak to your manager. And if they do, then my manager comes over and they say the same exact thing. And because our stories are all consistent with what they initially thought, they end up saying, oh, well, if the manager can't do anything, then Josh wasn't lying to me on the phone. Yeah. You know? And so, yeah, this is a fair deal, you know? For sure. And it's the same thing with um, with what you're doing because on Facebook Messenger or on Instagram, you're saying, hey, you know, I'm super busy and I, I lose a lot of DMs. Are, is it okay if you just send me over a contact form on my website? Because mm-hmm. now you're introducing that thought of, oh, th- this guy's busy and we are busy people. We're not lying to people. And then...
1: Yeah, and and this actually gets into an interesting conversation um, that we were talking about, especially with your brother uh, doing his brand uh, about exclusivity.
0: Yeah, this is legitimately pushing for exclusivity. Which exactly is a huge part of sales not so much in the car business unless if you're super rich but yeah. um but yeah, in, but in another talking thing. and that's a motivational factor as well yeah in clothing is is like
1: what we were talking about is a huge thing doing limited merch drops like brands like supreme and you i mean i know your brother's brand is doing like uber limited
0: Yeah, so my brother is starting a brand, and I keep telling him that it's too exclusive, but everybody else (laughs) in the clothing industry is saying it's not. But what he's doing is once a month, he releases one product. And once the month is over, that product is gone forever. It will never come back. Yeah, just like Supreme. And I think... There's, a, there's
1: something to be said about, one, a sense of urgency that you can give by setting an obvious time frame. You've set a precedent. like You're saying up front, you have until this point to get it. Once it's gone, it's never coming back, right? And if they like it, obvious sense of urgency is immediately there, right? Yep. Now, you're it's doing just that... Like, um- I was gonna say you're doing infomercials, right? Yeah, yeah, basically. It's infomercials but slightly differently. But yeah, it's it's positioned positioned differently. Yeah. Because at the end of the day,
0: in two thousand twenty, we could look at an infomercial and be like, nah, it's the same price at Walmart too. Yeah. You know? And like sure, like somebody might try to call you out on that i guess but we're just doing it in a different way jacob is doing it in a way where instead of it's like call now to ensure it's only nineteen ninety nine plus these additional products mm-hmm. for the mighty thirsty or whatever you're buying from yeah <laughs> what is it qbc yeah and uh so so um instead of it being like that it's hey if you if you like this design and you want to be a part of this family, you only have 30 days to do it. Yeah. And then he makes, like, a video announcing the product, and then he makes a video saying gone forever at the end, too. And Which is
1: dope. That's so sick.
0: It's very sick. And so what he was doing, and I think he might even still be doing, but... um. He's been kind of like trying it on and off just to see how things go. But he's even interested in having his web store completely locked. So you could go to the website, but you can't get in. And it says, DM for an invitation. (laughs) Invitations are a great way to build exclusivity.
1: For sure. And so this paralleling now from a, kind of what we do it's a little less exclusive obviously but there is a sense of exclusivity in that you're saying when you have this initial conversation yeah i'm super busy like Mm -hmm. i i love what you're talking about i love the you know but i i am a big fan of whatever somebody's talking about you know, a project and say, yeah, it's like, send me a link to like some, like a demo or something that you guys are working on or something like that in the pre conversation. You know what I'm saying? And I love, like, it gives me an idea. It qualify. it kind of qualifies the lead before you have the lead qualifying conversation a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I'm genuinely interested and it makes the person who's talking to me feel like I am genuinely interested because right. I am. But yeah. then when we when he's like when this person say they're talking to me about like wanting to work they're like okay i'd like to do you know uh, this song that i sent to you yeah i'd love to have you mix it or yeah i'd love to have you do production on it or something i say okay cool i am extremely busy i am really bad at messaging but i want to stay in contact with you here's my form go here send this, I will get back to you, but you've you've set a precedent of a sense of urgency on their end to say, oh, he's very busy. I need to fill this out. You're gonna get a response on that on that form filled out way faster if you have that conversation beforehand. And to be honest if somebody
0: isn't willing to fill out your contact form, then you don't want to work with them. Yeah. So it's a qualifying part as well. And, um, yeah, like having those little moments of building urgency is huge. And it also makes people respect you a lot more. Um, and so like, I don't know for those without a sales background, you could easily look at this and be like, oh, well that's just manipulating people. And it's like, no, it's not because they don't know you that well. Your friend wouldn't try to negotiate on your pricing. Yeah. My friends want to pay me more than my normal rate, (laughs) you know? And I'm the one who's like, nah, dude, just, like, buy me Subway, yeah. <laughs> you know? And, uh, and like, yeah, most people don't know you super well. They never met you in person, right? Mm-hmm. They don't even know, like, really what you look like. You know how everybody looks different than their profile picture? Yeah. Like, dude, they don't know what you look like, you know? They, they haven't seen how big your torso is compared to your <laughs> tiny little legs. They, they don't know those yeah. little things about you that people sure. might find endearing. So like, <laughs> so like, you have to basically set boundaries in a way that you're you're not manipulating somebody. You're just getting them from point A to point B in a more efficient way. Mm-hmm. Because you like at the end of the day, like you have to be super clear about how you speak. I'm reading this book right now, and I believe it's called "Is It Words That Work or Everybody Writes." I think it's words that work. Words that work. I don't know. I tried reading one of them and it was so hard to read that I gave up in like 20 minutes <laughs> and I started reading the other one. So yeah. I have them confused right now. But they said that <laughs> this is awful. This is really awful and I can't believe I'm about to say this. Um, So most marketing agencies use the language of like an elementary school kid. Because the majority of Americans are not educated.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I can see
0: that. (laughs) Which is terrifying. It's Yeah, it is terrifying. terrifying. Yeah. And, like, that also makes sense, like, why we have our president right now. Because everybody... (laughs) Like, because there were news articles coming out, right, of, you know, Donald Trump, like, said a speech and it didn't even crack, like, a fourth grade reading level or something like that. And... uh, everybody was like so blown away by that. And I just remember thinking, well, like America isn't educated. So yeah, that I mean, sense. it makes, yeah,
1: it does make sense. Well, if you think about some of the, this is going down a different conversation, but if you think about some of the copy that you read, whenever you're looking or when some of the phrasing that you hear, whenever you're watching a, if you watch TV, if you're watching a TV commercial or you're seeing an ad pop up on YouTube, you know what I'm saying? Like, some of the the phrasing is really strange sometimes and some of like the way they say words or like words that they use specifically are really weird and kind of dumb sometimes yeah or like you yeah. might think oh that was a really stupid way to say that you know what i'm saying yeah
0: like that makes a ton of sense it makes a ton <laughs> of sense and so it's important to either use that to your Well, it's important to use it to your advantage, and it can go either way, Mm -hmm. right? Because you could use that to get more clients, or you can use that to filter out your clients. I was going to say you could use that to qualify people and clients. Yeah, very much so. And so, you know, that's kind of the struggle. It's always it's like a push and pull, right? Like you're trying to figure out how to qualify people and not turning down people that you still want to work with, but then you also don't want to like end up with 50 million phone calls with people who are just not what you want to work with at all. Yeah. So um, that's something to definitely keep in mind. Like how you speak is a hundred percent important on what my website. Matter? I, I try my best to ensure that like I speak on my website, the way that I do in person. Mm hmm. So, yes, my mom is going to shout with me when she reads those, that copy. But, yeah. <laughs> like, that's how I talk to people. And yeah, that's how my clients, that's how people talk to me. You know what I mean? And so, um, you know, in the digital age, it's super important to ensure that, you know, you're getting your point across as clear as possible in the least amount of time because people do not like reading. I do not like reading. <laughs> yeah. You know? And so, you know, moving forward, That is probably the most, yeah, I'd say that's probably the most important thing to running a business. If you could figure out how to close the majority of the people that you want to work with without negotiating, then you are killing it. I started, Mm. man, this root beer got my my burps going. Uh, You know, (laughs) once I started basically just taking that approach um, I had less people saying, "Can you do better on price?" and I had more people saying, "Well, sure, but le- I-, I need to save up for like two weeks." And I say, "Okay, cool," and then I follow up with them in two weeks. And they're like, "Yeah, man, here's the money." Um, you know, and there's other ways around that with positioning. Like, if you're doing higher ticket projects. If you're doing like reoccurring projects, like you could break it down into a monthly fee, man. Mm-hmm. You could literally sit down and go through essentially a car sales process because well, you're going to be selling them on a monthly payment. Well, and then for a so this length.
1: this actually turns into like talking about rates and changes and like positioning. This turns into a different conversation of the single is what really works best in today's world, generally speaking. Um, but so if you could find a band or artist or whatever group that says, Hey, we have these 10 songs and we want to make an album and it's it's like, okay, well that's going to be like, say you quote them like $7,000, which is not too bad. That's pretty low on some scales. It really depends on what it is, but so you say, so it's going to be six or $7,000, right? So, okay, for those 10 songs, that's an album. That's a lot of money all at one time, even if you split it. Because like something that I do is I try to do a half up front, half closer to the end just to kind of help out with larger budgets and stuff like that. Um, but then that's still $3,000 a time, which is – a decent amount of money if there's no label backing and you're just paying out of pocket Uh, so then you could say okay well I would recommend releasing those songs as singles anyway but now you could make it financially viable for that client and say hey in today's world it doesn't really make sense to release a 10 song album especially if you're a smaller band Yep, it really doesn't But then you could say, okay, we're going to split these 10 songs into doing one song a month together. And we're going to break this down into a monthly rate that you're going to pay per month. And we're going to work on this song and it's going to be a lot more affordable. Right? So let's say, what did I say? It was like, let's just for even numbers, we'll go $6,000, right? You say, hey, we're going to do $6,000 for the whole project. Mastering is probably going to take a pro- about 1000 of that, right? So we'll say $5,000 for the production and mixing process, whatever, uh, for 10 songs. That's $500 a month. That's really not that bad. That's feasible.
0: Especially if it's a band.
1: Yeah, especially if it's a band of five people, that's a hundred dollars per person a month. That's and another cheap. thing that
0: you can do is you could change your prices, right? So what mm-hmm. I would do is, um, if anybody hits hit me up for like a record. And because a lot of times, like, I was doing writing work and I was like, I don't want to write a full record for these people. And plus, they're not going to get anything about it. And so I was really terrified that, like, these guys would just drop a record out of the blue and then they'd be like, we just paid Josh 10 grand and it's, and like, nobody even listened to it. It sucked. Mm-hmm. And so I was always really scared about that happening where they're like, where like reality sets in because a lot of yeah. these guys never did it before. Don't you know? know how to
1: set up a release strategy at all, which we yeah, will like, we will also talk about as producers how to help your artist set up a release strategy. That's going to be an episode that we do for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah, dude. So I would have people do that and I'd be like, "Well, they're not they're and like I would always ask them, "Well, what's your marketing budget for it?" and they'd be like 200 bucks. I'll be like oh so what i would do is i would quote an album higher at a higher rate and or like a lot of people give like album discounts i wouldn't and i would just be like hey man so here's how this works you know i'm giving you a discounted rate for the album but if you want to break it up i'll just keep it at the same price Mm-hmm. And then that way, you instead of having 10 songs, dropping them all at once and nobody cares after six weeks, why don't we just do five songs? And now you're able to close them at a higher rate and it seems more affordable.
1: Well, so, and my my thought process behind the 10 song spread across 10 months was you do a song, the next month you drop that song as a single, and then you're working on the next song. Yeah. So you're spreading. I just haven't tins.
0: I just haven't worked with people with that like that didn't want to do that much work. Oh yeah. So, I mean I yeah, it is like a lot of work. In EP over the course of a year. Yeah. I mean What's yeah, sick, it is like a you lot can of set work. up recurring payments on like PayPal and stuff.
1: Yeah. Well, and so then it becomes a thing of if you have, you know, a band that says, "Okay, we want to do even if it's, you know, a song a month is still a lot to do." Like, it really is. So you could even set up a recurring payment to go across an entire whatever year or two, and you're dropping a song every quarter, so a song every three months. It allows you to, you know, account for some lead up, account for some hype building, and some, like, letting the song live on its own and then kind of die off, you know, things like that. You're if you set up a monthly recurring payment for them, you're making a consistent like you're that's a job, like an actual job, like you're getting consistent revenue every single month off of that, you know, is going to come in and you know, you're going to have stuff releasing. Which is going to
0: get you more
1: work who
0: doesn't love financial security, dude,
1: financial stability. All about it if we can get it. <laughs>
0: yeah, if only we could get it, dude. Yeah, exactly. We're <laughs> yeah. out here. I'll <laughs> go uh, walk and be like, "I made the same amount of money for three months straight." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah. I mean, it, there's a lot that you can do. Nowadays, especially with how the industry is changing to like a single basis, which I love because I don't have the attention span for albums, unless if the album is super artsy and it should be an album, but most Mm -hmm. albums are just like four singles plus filler, and I think that they're pointless. Yeah. So, yeah. (laughs) Try to convert your artists onto singles. Get them on some sort of a payment plan. Hold them accountable so they actually Mm -hmm. do it. For sure. You'll be doing some cool stuff, my dudes and gals. Girls are still dudes girls everybody's, everybody's a dude. A dude my speakers are dudes everybody's dudes everybody's dudes so yeah dudes my dog's dudes
1: that that's a good place to start a uh, stop we ended up talking about ended up being less about rates and more about qualifying leads and pipelines but
0: yeah yeah oh and as far as like raising your rates go just make sure that you're like it, here's the deal if you think that the price you're quoting is going to be too high, add like a hundred bucks onto it. Hmm. Seriously, just do it because you'll be surprised what people pay. And that's something that I learned because just because someone says that they want to pay 350 bucks for that car doesn't mean that they're actually going to pay that much. They're probably going to pay 450, maybe even 550. I've mm-hmm. seen people come in and say, "Yeah, I don't want to pay more than 299 and we Dude. end up sending them away at five hundred and fifty dollars <laughs> a month because they realize, like, "Hey, you know what? I can't buy a forty thousand dollar vehicle <laughs> for <laughs> two ninety nine a month with a thousand dollars down." After you pull yeah. up the calculator and you say, "Okay, well, two ninety nine times seventy two equals this," it should be around like not even twenty grand. Yeah, something like and that. it. <laughs> And you say, well, we would have to finance $18,000 and that's not including tax or fees. Then they go, oh, well, okay. (laughs) And then you say, but this is what we can do. And it's like, well, you know, you filled out your finance application. Obviously, you could afford this and you really, really need this, this Tacoma. That way you could tow your camper and have a good time with your kids because they aren't buying that. $40,000 truck because they just want a $40,000 truck. They want that $40,000 truck because of the weekend camping trips they get to spend with their kids, right? Or Mm. they're buying that brand because of the reliability. It makes them feel safe, you know? Nobody buys a hammer because they want a hammer. You buy a hammer because you want your living room to feel like a home with your family picture hung up on it.
1: Mm -hmm. And um, And nobody pays a producer... Because they're a producer.
0: Right. No one just... Nobody actually wants to hire you because, you know, you you have a good mix, right? Like, you, you're going to give them a good mix or, like, you're, you're going to write a decent top line, right? A lot
1: of people can write good top lines and a lot of people can make decent mixes.
0: Right. They're coming to you because they see you as somebody that they identify with. They identify with the content you're putting out with the words on your site, the way that you speak to them, you make them feel comfortable and they feel like you're going to be a great part of their team. Mm -hmm. It's a community effort. And at the end of the day, it is. And all these things that I'm saying, like anybody can call them sales tactics, but at the end of the day, I truly believe this stuff. You know, whenever whenever I'm saying, hey, I'm super busy, dude, I'm super busy. Yeah. Whenever I say, hey, I really want to work with you, I'm saying, hey, I really want to work with you. Mm-hmm. And then whenever I say, hey, this album's going to cost more money. Why don't we just go ahead and uh, do some singles? What I'm actually saying is, hey, this album's really expensive. And if you pay me that much, I'm going to waste your time and money. And we should probably do some singles. Yeah. So that everybody's more hype on it on a, for a longer amount of time yeah it's like nothing about because like i don't know i was a lot i was around a lot of toxic like sales processes man Mm -hmm. car industry can be the wild west and i've seen some awful awful things happen to people you know um there's always the good old-fashioned well you know you might not be happy with the interest rate but uh you could always refinance after six months you want like people still fall for that and it drives me crazy because what that actually says is we're holding four points on your rate we're not giving you the best rate you qualify for but you could finance in six months and they're not actually going to refinance in six months or they won't get approved and um that always bugged the heck out of me because i saw people with 20% interest rates be buried in their car from day one. And then the car blows up and they can't get out of it. But whenever I tell people everything that I tell them, I mean it. And so there's nothing wrong with having a sales process. I I know a lot of people are bugged out by sales. What is important is that you're authentic and you're honest and you believe in what you're selling and what you're doing.
1: I think that's the biggest part of it is the sales process has to be an extension of you.
0: Right, we're not like you know now, if somebody hit me up and they wanted me to mix a Americana record, right, and I was like, "Hey, man, you know, and i I had no free time, or I had no no spots available, what am I trying to say Dude, if you I don't have time I had no projects booked, that's oh, what I'm yeah. trying to say, yeah, so if I had a ton of free time. I suck at this genre of music. I know I suck at this genre of music. I know that I don't actually want to work with them, but I want their money. And I go through that whole thing and say the same thing. Then I'm dishonest. Yeah. You know, now you're that used car salesman in a leisure suit. Yep. You know? Um, And so like, that's what, that's what's important. The qualification process is simply to ensure that everything that you're speaking about is something that you 100% back, um, and that's something that I stand by. Because you're not going to get anywhere with lying to people, dude. If you sit there and you tell people, yeah, man, well, like, I mix heavy music. So this Americana record's going to be no problem. And then you <laughs> charge the poor guy $1,000 a song to mix it, and then it sucks. The whole world is going to hear about that, and you're not going to have a job anymore.
1: Yeah. That's how you, that's how you destroy a reputation, man. Yeah, and so well, and um, and that's as soon as as soon the as people between find a I was good say, sales
0: process and a bad one,
1: <laughs> yeah, as soon as people find out that you're being dishonest with your sales process, and it's not like so yeah, like if I say I'm like I genuinely enjoy if I if I'm being genuine and say I genuinely enjoy this song, right? You feel like, oh, he's very interested in what I'm doing, mm-hmm. but if I tell you disingenuously that I really enjoy the song and I think we can really do something with it, and then I kind of half do it, and the song's just kind of and like I don't, I don't seem super interested in it, or you know, and then I charge you two thousand dollars to do this song, and you didn't have a good time. I was just, you know. Not present the whole time and talking about a bunch of other projects that I'm super excited about, you know, you're not going to come back to me. Mm -mm. You're not going to work with me again. You're probably not going to tell other people to work with me again. And I just
0: lost about 10 different leads because of that. Yep. And I think the most important part of all this and the often overlooked side is that means that as much as you say, hey, I really want to work with you, hey, I'm super busy, hey, all this there's times whenever you have to say the opposite where you like from square one, you listen to that demo and you're going to have to say, Hey man, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I don't think that we're going to be a good fit. Mm -hmm. However, you know, here's a list of things that I would work on that I think would really make this song shine. But unfortunately it's just not something I see myself really doing any justice for. Yeah.
1: And so here's
0: you're, you're going to risk those people being like a sore loser and being like, Oh, well, you know, you can't tell me how to make art
1: you can't tell me how to make art
0: (laughs) and then that's whenever you just say well i'm sorry but it's true and because as much as you know you're being honest about your sales process you're also just as honest about the projects that you turn down and the Mm -hmm. things that you're not going to be good at and that's kind of like the worst part about it but it's still not that bad it's a good time
1: there's there's a good opportunity in that to be very helpful to your friends or to people that are on the come up with you and this could in turn get you other get you other projects but also just build general camaraderie with you and other people that you are friends with or that you feel like deserve good projects right if you're like oh yeah this is not really my cup of tea it's not really you know I don't see myself working with it I I know for a f- you can just listen to the demo and know that you're gonna your price is gonna terrify them you know what I'm saying you know you can yeah. you can hear that generally uh, but there's this guy that you've seen grinding and he's working super hard and he doesn't you know roughly what his pricing is and you can say okay well i'm not a great fit for you but here's this guy that i know and he's working super hard and i've heard his stuff and it's pretty solid um why don't you why don't you talk to him why don't i refer you to him and i think you're gonna get really a really good process out of it
0: yeah man referring them to somebody who is a better fit Will make you look like a bigger man, and now all their friends who are looking for a guy like you are gonna hear about you. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, your buddy is also gonna be eaten. And you know what we say around here, Drew? Everybody eats, man. Everybody eats. Everybody eats. Can we make <laughs> shirts that say that? Yeah, dude. Everybody <laughs> eats.
1: Everybody eats, man. We don't. We don't. We don't play around with that. All the homies eat out here. In the hangout, every all the homies are eating in the hangout. <laughs> we got catering, dude. Straight up, is <laughs> <laughs> it is a all you can eat buffet, except it's COVID, so it's not an all you can eat buffet. It's just good food.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, I think that we pretty much <laughs> capped yeah. off this podcast here, and I, I think-, think the last thing that I want to say is whenever I. Uh, I got the news that I no longer have COVID 19. I told my doctor, hey, I beat the plague. (laughs) And this man said (laughs) after a dramatic pause, well, for now. I
1: left them a five star review after that. I about to say and that's how you and that's how you don't go back to your doctor. That is No
0: dude, I, I we tried going to them yesterday and they're only a COVID center.
1: Oh, that's funny.
0: I mean anybody who says that <laughs> you're my favorite. Yeah, dude. You're my favorite. Let's go. Yeah. Well dude. for now. For now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All All right. Right. I can't wait to tell the grandkids that one day. I and know, like, man. Grandpa, did you survive the plague of 2020? And I'm like, yeah. Whenever I found out I beat the plague, my doctor said, well, for, for now. And the kids are going to be like, ha, 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 ha,
1: ha. <laughs> but so then I work, was dude. alive. <laughs> I
0: left him uh, a five-star review on Yelp. What's Yelp? It was something <laughs> us old-timers used. Yeah. I'm going to have like a weird like half-Pittsburgh, half-Southern Axol, yeah. Whenever I'm old, dude, like, yeah. Yins go downtown and that. <laughs>
1: and on that note, we're out. We're out, baby. We're gone. Good, good hanging with everyone. Thanks for coming and hanging out and talking about rates and processes and money and the weird stuff. And I hope we made it fun for you guys. And if anybody has questions, hit us up. We're always down to talk.
0: Hit the line. We always down. you They're going to be like, hey, Josh, top. I really liked your episode. And I'm going to be like, great. Sounds like a great project that I would like to work on. Go to my <laughs> website and fill out a contact <laughs> form. No, but for real, thanks for coming and
1: hanging out. Bye. <laughs> Bye. And that's it for this episode of the Home Studio Hangout Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, please check us out on your favorite podcasting platform. Leave a review. It helps the show so much. kind of get out there for new people to find. Uh, If you want to watch this, if you aren't already, uh, check us out on YouTube by searching Home Studio Hangout. Uh, And thank you so much again for giving us your time and your attention. And remember, keep on creating.